Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Playing the piano. Say anyway. You don't know the words, do you? You don't know the words. <laughs> anyway. Take on me. on her lap to see if she's dying. Morton Harkett. If you like Morton it, Harkett. Really song? Morton Harkett. Okay. He is a chiselled 1985 when he was 25. We were about the same age. His cheekbones literally sparkled. And I just don't understand women who don't idolise pop stars because I sent a text to my friend Isabel and I said, isn't Morton Harkett a god? And I sent her a video from 1985 and she said, well, I suppose he is a bit. How could you not love Morton Harkett? Nah, not for me. Nah, not for me. Absolutely the most beautiful man. He's still beautiful. Yeah, the mullet. He had a mullet. Yeah, but it was the 80s. No, no, no. Nicola, no. have you seen Martin? Have you seen Morton Harkett? No, I once saw Rhett Morton Harkett in a restaurant at Carnes or Westbourne Grove and they was like, oh, my God, there's Morton Harkett. And I went to see the documentary about them and I can understand he's quite difficult, but handsome men are difficult. Like, there's a very, 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 very funny episode, and you can watch it on YouTube, of when Morton Harkett appeared on The One Show, and that Welsh woman, Alex, who hosts The One Show, she went to interview him, and she could you could see that her ovaries were exploding. And she said, oh, it's an honour to meet you. And Morton Harkett was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he couldn't give her oh, stuff. He kept correcting her. It was a bit like when I interviewed Prince. Oh, so there's no. the Morton Harkett film, everyone. You can go and see it. They're playing live in Scarborough. So I've got one seat, which is going to be very embarrassing, this very sad person turning up on her own. It's going to be like Justin Bieber. But you're just going to be in a sea, aren't you, of, of a certain type but of woman. We're all mouthing the words. Yeah, yeah. And there's his a cappella version on MTV, which you've got to watch. But he is just so beautiful. Well, he was. What's the situation now? He still has. He's still got hair. 
He's still got cheekbones. I mean, That's, no, okay. He's got the most Teeth? beautiful voice, as you could hear then. And I was duetting with him. Yeah, but him. he's still got a beautiful voice because sometimes singers lose it a voice. bit, don't they? He was very good on the one show. So I'm going to be in row A. God. So poor Morton Harker is probably going to be quite scared because I'll be singing along. Well, I'm sure, to be honest, he'll be trying to see if you've got a volume control. The love I've had. For people like Morton Harkett, David Jones, David Cassidy, I did love Mark Bolan. I wasn't that keen on David Bowie. No. Paul McCartney. No. It has surpassed Prince. It has no. surpassed anything in real life, anything. Well, it's actual going level to, of emotion. It? It's going to, because let's face it, in reality, they're a letdown. Yeah. They are a letdown. They all scratch their bottoms, don't they? And they're lazy and unhelpful. And, yeah, it's all very well in the first place when they're trying to get their leg over. When you first go out with them and they're being nice and they're, they're trying to seduce you, yeah, you don't want their best behaviour then. And then then they don't pick up their knickers off Reality the floor. Reality kicks in. You wake up and they're snoring with their mouth open. And they start saying to you, look to yourself and your actions. No, reality's never going to cut it for me. But it's cheekbones are in the zeitgeist this week, so not only Morton Harkett. But did you see this week in the trial of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, Kate Moss? I have got to catch up with that. I'm desperate. I want to actually watch, because I've not seen a lot of it. I want to watch it, like binge watch it all the way through. Kate Moss appeared, and we all knew she was going to be on a satellite link from her Gloucestershire home, and I'm like... Fantastic. I'm going to get to see her bathroom. I've already seen her bathroom, actually. It's a Drummond's bathroom. They did your floor in the barn. Why would why would she be filming in her bathroom? Well, she didn't. It was in a big space, but she was in her house in the Cotswold. I really wanted to see her so far. And she looked incredible. And you could just hear Johnny's brain in the courtroom going, why did I ever let that slip through my fingers? Why? I'm sure she was thinking Why? the same thing. I mean, Johnny Depp, I would. But he's not really, he doesn't look like how he looked during the 90s when he kept dated Kate in about 94. No, I know, but chuck him on the treadmill and cut his hair, you'd be fine. But her cheekbones, oh my God. No. She is beautiful. Beautiful, Sick, beautiful. So. so first of all, I was still thinking she's brought one of those ring lights, you know, that lights her properly. Well, I bought one of those. And then I thought she's probably had the makeup artist, hasn't she, to sculpt. But she just looks so beautiful. And her fingernails are beautiful when she held up her hand to swear that she but, was telling the truth. But she is Kate Moss. I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise. She is the Kate Moss. But she absolutely stuck up for him Good. and said... There's an antidote coming. So Amber Heard said, my sister was at the top of the stairs. I was worried Johnny was going to push down the stairs because he pushed Kate Moss down the stairs. So Kate Moss, with her beautiful French polished hand that's never done any washing up, was holding up. And she said, he didn't push me down the stairs. He's never pushed me. He's never kicked me. He's never hit me. It was raining and it was wet and I fell down the stairs. And he actually called medical attention and carried me to my room. Oh, he carried her. Yeah. Oh. Well, she doesn't weigh very much. No, I know. But that's like the fantasy, isn't it? You fall down the stairs and Johnny Depp carries you to the but room. But this famous staircase. Oh. No, listen. This famous staircase was at Goldeneye 
in Jamaica where I took my boyfriend in 2000 during the Euro 2000s to stay, Ian Fleming's house. So I stayed at GoldenEye and a few years later, Johnny and Kate stayed at GoldenEye and they might have sat on some of my skin cells. It's not the same as the other way around, is it? It's not the same as you rubbing your face no, on the I, seat that is sat on. No, but I was there first. <laughs> but I didn't fall down the stairs. No, and you didn't get carried to your room. I didn't get carried. See? So, I was in it's just not GoldenEye in Ian Fleming's house and all my future husband did was close all the blinds because he wanted to watch the football and he couldn't see it with the sun shining. Oh, see, men just... Need to slap some of them, don't they? A punch. They really do. I mean, a I'm, punch. you know, I'm totally against domestic violence. I am, but honestly, for God's sake, just behave. And you could see Johnny staring at his computer, looking at Kate, thinking, "Oh, she's so lovely," and whatever. Why well, must have been nuts to split up with her? Which is probably what David thinks about me, doesn't he? So she, all of them, this your whole trail of men are all thinking yeah, that. Yeah. Anyway, and then Johnny Depp went back onto the stage. It wasn't the stage. What did they call it in the courtroom? A pulpit, the stand. A pulpit, the stand, yeah, okay. the stand, not a pulpit. And the barrister said to Johnny Depp, was it true that you took ten of these incredibly terrible tablets of drugs? And he said, no, ma'am. <laughs> oh, my ovaries. Oh, and then she said, how is it not true that you took, you know, like John, like Amber said, and he said, because I'd be dead. Oh, I love him. I love him. Team Johnny. Have we so got a verdict been... yet? Pardon? Is there a verdict yet? No. Oh. We would have announced the verdict. This is like news night. This I test. thought you were just teasing it's me. It's like news night. <laughs> so it's been a cheekbones week, really. Morton Harkett. But Nick has been to see someone as well, someone a bit more diminutive <sighs> than the Nordic god and with not quite such good cheekbones. Get out of it. Go back in your box, Jones. Jan Moyer in the Daily Mail last week because Tom Cruise accompanied Kate Middleton at the premiere and Jan Moyer said that she found Tom Cruise creepy. There is nothing creepy about him. He is lovely. I love him. I love him. I love him. I Do you not mind him, him being a Scientologist care. or whatever it no, is? No, I don't care if he's an alien from outer space. I want him and I want him bad. What do you like about him? It's just. Do you twinkly. want me to give you some pointers what I like about Morton Harkett? Cheekbones. And he's still got his hair. Morton's got his hair. No, honestly, Tom Cruise is that. Oh. Tell well, us about I saw Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick, and I swear to God, Maverick walked straight out of the cryo chamber and into my heart again after 20 Was years. Was he in uniform? Oh, my God, he had that jacket on, and who doesn't want to ride on Tom Cruise's Karasaki? Who doesn't want to, I What's do. That? His bike, but you can take it any way you like. Oh, do you want me to sing Take My Breath Away? No, I don't. No, don't ruin my moment. Don't ruin my moment. I was. But Kelly McGillis wasn't in it, was she? She wasn't, no. Maybe she was too fat to spit on the IMAX screen. Apparently, she did apparently say that 
she wasn't asked to do it because she didn't fit the image anymore that she put on weight and she didn't fit the image anymore. Well, she was which so I thought beautiful, was very sad because she? she was very beautiful. But the woman that played Penny was beautiful. Jennifer Connolly. Really beautiful. I've got Jennifer Connolly's eyebrows now. At her actual eyebrows. You're some strange mixture of Megan. Jennifer, Jennifer Connolly. Connolly and all, yeah, okay. Michael Jackson. Someone thought I was Michael Jackson the other day. Yeah, it was fantastic. Was I it was a good plot? instantly. I'm getting. To, uh, let me just love Tom Cruise a bit more first. I was instantly. Did back. you see his bottom? No, no, sadly not. But he did have his top played off playing on the beach, and I saw oh, he could play ball with me. It, I was instantly back to my younger self. It was a delicious. Revisit, updated revisit to the 1980s where I was so much younger. And and literally when he walked into the bar in his whites, you talk about ovaries, my ovaries burst into singing hallelujah. I swear to God, it was like, praise be, hallelujah, I found God. Your endometriosis exploded as well. Everything exploded. I was a mess. And I blame films like Top Gun and John Wick because they've ruined me because no man can ever, ever measure ever up measure to Morton Harkett. To, no, to, to Maverick or, to you Morton know, Harkett. shut up about bloody Morton Harkett. No man could deliver what I wanted. I mean, I want an action hero and Tom Cruise has got that twinkle. And even though he's, he's 59... I'm literally, I saw that and I thought, you know what, I'm going to throw the toy boys back into the playpen. I don't like toy boys, they're just not interesting. No, I love a toy boy, but you know what, back in the playpen, I want me a real man. I want Maverick. I want the twinkle in his eye, I want that swag. And he didn't disappoint as the older version. He was like still super sexy and there was that hint of romance but it didn't go to it wasn't like a big full-on love thing it was it was far more about the plot and about the dog fighting and the planes and it was it was a real no 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 dog fighting as in planes fighting it was a real good balance and well i've read quite a few pieces in newspapers in the run-up to this, and they've all employed 20-something Generation Z millennials to watch Top Gun, the original, for the first time. How they haven't seen it already, what are they doing? I don't know, drinking? No. And they're all anti it and saying it's all written by men and they shouldn't slap a woman's ass, and they shouldn't have all the banter in the dressing room. Oh, shut and up. Kelly McGillis, even though she was a trainer, she never saw her in a plane. But what I have to point out to them is we need fantasy. We women need fantasy. Don't pretend just because you're a woman, you just want your man to go to Sainsbury's and not open doors for you. You know, a film is a fantasy. It's not meant to be real life. No, we need escapism from our awful, dreary real lives where men complain about the fact you didn't buy any white pepper. And give you boxes of batches. We need fantasy. And and I have to say, this is the best film I've seen. Ever. For a very, very, very long time. It is, blockbuster is is something that's played with, isn't it? Oh, it's a blockbuster. This is a blockbuster. It's, It's phenomenal. Best film. It delivered every promise this film made. And I'm like, don't wait to see it on telly or anything like that. You need the big screen. 
Go see it. It was spectacular. Does it change light bulbs? It could change my light bulb. It could screw my light bulb in any time. Do you want to hear about this week's column? No, I want Tom Cruise to come and take me on the Karasaki. Because the column's hotting up. Tell me about the column. Distract me a little bit from my fantasy. In which I'd love another wedding. Me too, to Tom Cruise in that white suit. you haven't even been married once. No, no, no. And that you know why? Because I was holding out for Maverick. That's why. It's his fault. I'm an old spinster. I wanted this week's column to be about my mini break at the festival, staying with the rock star in the room overlooking the deer park where I was once on top. I'm wondering now what possessed me to do that particular sex act. It's the worst possible angle. I've seen myself on Zoom for below. I don't look like Megan, do I? Well, a bit, but the hair. No one looks good from below, though. You have to put your laptop at a different angle. I soon learnt to put my laptop on six months' worth of Vogue. Yeah. And I bought a ring light, one of Kate Moss's ring lights. Yeah. I'm thinking of taking the ring light with me, getting someone to hold it wherever I go. Would you do that? No. But the festival isn't for a month. It's strange to meet someone for the weekend, not having seen them naked since before lockdown. I think I did it once on Zoom, but I don't think I saw everything because I had a bad internet connection. It would be like going from naught to 60 with the roof down. It's too much. I will be shy, nervous. The only upshot is that he won't have time to get on my nerves. He will be off practising or rehearsing, as he says. He hates it when I say he's practising. So I will largely be left alone, which is what I prefer with the boyfriend. I'm more prepared this time, having done the festival thing before. I bought platform slides from Zara. Last time, I got marooned in the grass as I was wearing heels. I suggest a dry run. Boom, boom. Okay, he said, but are you talking about the fact you're postmenopausal? Slap. Isn't that mean? That is just, that's, that's, no, bugger off. Bugger off. I really wish Davina McCall would keep quiet about some things. I'm slightly nervous talking to him today on the Sunday when my column about my cottage being put up for sale is published. I was prepared for him to say, I told you so, but he didn't mention it. An awful, unprompted thought enters my head. If I marry my ex, I won't have to get a mortgage at all, or work, or write a column. He would love me not to write for a living. My career is a thorn in his rather ample side. Do you see, you get that, you see that subtle... That's yeah, very subtle. He's always touring, so I'd be alone for most of the time. Perfect. I'd love another wedding, though I would do it right this time. Not for me, the stress of hiring Babington House, assigning rooms. Despite the fact my guests didn't have to pay, they still had room envy and moaned and raided the minibar. Kerry moaned about sharing the room. She had the Madonna room, the the room Madonna's skin cells were in. Kerry had Madonna's room and she moaned. I don't want anyone's skin cells. I don't know. I want any... Well, actually, I'd like a wedding. The stress of getting the people who do the flowers at the Vanity Fair Oscar party to do mine, going for fittings, wearing difficult shoes. I've still got my wedding shoes. Actually, they're lovely. I have to say, the wedding shoes are very nice. This time round, I was settled for a pub lunch with the dogs and a honeymoon not in Seville. That's where the first honeymoon was. The only thing to eat in Spain is dried ham. 
The one second of affection to wash over me for my new husband on honeymoon was when, in our finca, he made me a coffee in a cafetiere. But having never done anything so middle class before, he pushed the plunger too quickly and scalded his arm. Oh dear. I hope he's still scarred. Oh dear. <laughs> Maybe a silent retreat would be good just outside York so I don't have to talk to him or go far. But what would I do if I didn't write? I've done it every day since I was about six years old. As a teenager, I wrote and illustrated my own glossy magazine. It was called Trendy. Okay. Do you know when I was sat from Marie Claire, I was sitting in my garden in Hackney with my husband and I said to him, oh, well, I've been sat from Marie Claire, I'm going to launch my own magazine. Can we brainstorm and think of a title for my new magazine? I'm going to launch a new magazine. It's going to be better than Marie Claire. And do you know the name he come up, came up with? I, I, do you know I dread to think? <laughs> oh, my God. You all right there? Go on, what was it? He said, I know. He said... <laughs> spit it out, woman, spit it out. It's like, it's like she's creaking, isn't it? What are you doing? <laughs> he said, I know. Let's call it Clumpy. 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 I suppose from a bloke that calls you chubby, what else could you expect? It just showed you didn't take my career seriously at all. Like, that's right, okay, I've been sat, I've got no money, you eat a lot. What? I'll launch a magazine, what shall I call it? And he said, let's call it Clumpy. God. <laughs> well, he had a sense of humour, didn't he? I'll give no upset. He, he had a sense, a sense of humour. I did, do remember crying, laughing. But I'm like the person who always wins MasterChef. They always dig up photos of the winner as a toddler wielding a wooden spoon. To stop writing for me would be like telling a blackbird to stop singing. And I think if I did stop, the XX would find me boring like all his other wives. But I'm getting ahead of myself. He doesn't want to marry me. Turns out even my husband claims he was forced into it. I couldn't marry a man just to get a home and security. I'm Lizzie Jones, not Bennett. I had another crushing rejection last week relayed to me by my agent. Just as in the new TV series, 10%. 10%? 20? 20? 20? <laughs> he tried to sugarcoat it. Liz. Bless him. It's a no, but it's not a no-no. <laughs> You've got to love him. I hope that when I do make it to the festival, it's a yes, yes, yes. Well, we live in hope. Do you know the serendipity? Go on. What's the serendipity? Meg Ryan, wasn't she in the first Top Gun? Yes, she was actually. There yeah, you are, you she see? was. It's like a she circle. Was. Isn't it? It's like a circle. She it's was. like six degrees of separation. Me and Meg Ryan, Megan. All I'm thinking of is that song. It should have been me. It should have been me. I, my my trajectory went way off key. That's what I should have been doing. You can read this week's diary in full on Man on Sunday's You magazine. But I read in a newspaper this week that the 1990s are back. Yeah, I liked the 90s. Did the you? 80s were, well, the 80s were better, but I liked the 90s. The peg, you learnt what a peg I, is. I know what, yeah, the peg, yeah. The peg was that Challenge Annika has been recommissioned. So she's is she doing running it? around in Lycra again. Is Annika actually doing it yeah. or is it a new Annika? Yeah. 
Oh my god, that's fantastic! So I thought Marvelous. we'd go back to the nineties. Da da da. Nineteen ninety-eight, when I did a huge, huge interview with All Saints in the Sunday Times magazine. Four pages. And I went to the. I went to Poland with them. I liked All Saints actually. It's actually, some, it's actually someone that you've. I like. And at first in the piece, I described their outfits, very 90s, combat trousers, several sizes too big, low slung, showing a couple of inches as rounded tum. These girls can eat. My God, these girls can eat. My God, they could eat. Yeah, but they're the sort of people that can eat and eat and eat and eat and not put on weight. It's not fair. A white T-shirt, boys' departments, age nine. A giant black quilted coat by Fila, neck to ankle, available in Japan only. Tommy Hilfiger woolly hat, hiding hair that is bedhead, because these girls are definitely getting it. <laughs> Lucky bloody them. <laughs> so I got on the plane with all sense to, to Poland. I've never been to Poland before. As we emerge into the arrivals area, hundreds of cameras flash and well-scrubbed Polish girls wait patiently in line with perfectly rehearsed questions. All Saints are a sea of monochrome in a country that was until recently so grey that its teenagers still wear primary colours. Before the change, explains one 16-year-old girl to a bemused Natalie Appleton, who is more used to being asked if she knows Ronan from Boyzone than if she knows the details of the collapse of Eastern Bloc communism. We had no Western pop stars. Now we already have lots of black pop stars and also Michael Jackson. <gasps> Michael. Do you like the way they say And also Michael and also Jackson. also the Michael Jackson. Despite not going to bed before midnight, the girls are all present and correct and washed the next morning in the self-service restaurant of the hotel. This bit's funny. They're queuing with their trays, even though they're superstars. Girls got away. Spooning vast quantities of food onto the plates. The restaurant is bizarrely decorated with penguins and fake snow. I am the only member of the huge entourage who has felt too grand to stand in line with a plate at the buffet. I'd actually pay to see you at a buffet. I, I don't would. do buffets. I'd pay to I see don't you do at a buffet. I would, I would. I said to all sides. I don't go and get my own food. Especially if it's got a paper plate. I'd, I'd love to see that. The two Appleton sisters have... Lum you know one of them went on to marry Liam Gallagher. The two Appleton sisters have the luminous skin and perfectly clear whites to their eyes that make the hour schedule for makeup seem redundant. Nicola Appleton has spent every waking moment on her mobile talking to her new boyfriend, Wobby Williams. Wobby, Wobby Williams. Wobby Williams. I met him on my birthday, she says. Nothing happened straight away. <laughs> but we've been going out for two and a half weeks now. <laughs> oh, that's it. Proper then. And I can't bear to be away from him. That didn't Former work members of boy bands must be ideal candidates as boyfriends. Only they would understand that you're only home one night in 14. So while we're eating our breakfast, which I didn't get from the buffet... A well-dressed Englishwoman at the next table is reading a book entitled Poland as she sips tea. Excuse me, she says to the waiter, I'm just about to take the train to Auschwitz. Is it true, she continues, that no bird will fly across the concentration camp? The waiter looks puzzled. He doesn't want to disappoint her. No, 
They do fly across nowadays, he smiles, but they do not sing. I was in Warsaw and walking around the shops and bars and all the strains of Never Ever. The lyrics were sort of pumping out of every single shop and everything. Oh, I love that song. song. Never Ever, Never Ever, 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 Ever Did. Well, I can't remember. Oh, we need to words up. The lyrics are about getting out of a black hole of depression, boyfriend trouble, and they suddenly take on a new socio-economic meaning. You see, I used to be quite highbrow. That's quite highbrow, I've got to say. It's award-winning. The sissy is emblazoned with signs for McDonald's and KFC and Adidas and Spice World. The bread and freedom riots that led to solidarity have meant the bigos, a stew of cabbage and meat, has largely been replaced by burgers. It's a country where fields are still being ploughed by horse. Trains run on steam but where young people wear huge headphones instead of earmuffs to keep out the cold. Later, upstairs in Shaz's hotel room, you remember Shaz? Yeah. She wrote most of the music. Mobile phones are charging in every socket. Nicola Apton has her head up Mel's top. Look at her tattoo, she chirrups. Calvin Klein pyjamas and underwear are screwed up on the floor and spark piles of sportswear adorn every surface. These girls... Tidy, they are not. Because uh, you should have seen my room. My room, when I get to a hotel room, first thing I do is unpack, get on me makeup brushes. It's like I'm about to perform open heart surgery. It's all laid out on a towel. Yeah, it is. And and don't forget the towel in the fridge and everything's laid out on the towel in the fridge. I have I line my fridge with paper towels. <laughs> you do. Shaz is sitting in giant ski salad pets, staring at Janet Jackson on MTV. Her long hair, all the girls admit to hair pieces for important TV. None of their hair was real. None of their hair was real. Liam, Liam, if you listen to this podcast, your wife's hair wasn't real. Yes, because Liam's going to be listening to our podcast. I love Liam. I love Liam. I can see I loved that. him at the concert to support Manchester and he just shuffled on in an old green parker. Well, hang on a minute. If you're doing Liam, Tom, Tom, if you listen to this podcast, I'm free. I'm available. I'm yours. Morton! Morton! <laughs> Morton! Anyway, Shaz is in her ski salopette and she's being brushed by a Polish hairdresser who speaks no English and has obviously never encountered African hair, real or unreal. Shazne hasn't quite reached the stage where you tell your hairdresser not to pull your hair. Madonna presumably does not have this problem. So even though Shaz is the big star and the hairdresser was pulling her, she didn't say, stop it! No. But fame, the minders, the adulation, this is why I'm award-winning, you say. Go on. The money. Deliver the line. The tabloid revelations will surely tarnish these four fresh young women. Shazne snarls at me. Liz, you work for the Sunday Times. Do you know the woman who wrote about us? Well, tell her she's a bitch and I'm going to get her. Half her piece was about the Spice Girls, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that brilliant? That's brilliant. See, this is why I'm award-winning and highbrow. <laughs> so so highbrow. <laughs> in it, Spice Girls. I like the Spice Girls, to be fair. But I will always remember going to Poland with All Saints. I don't go on holidays, but it's when you go and do a memorable story, it just sticks with you. And they will always be my friends. Aww. Although I've never heard from them since. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and they went to the buffet bar. 
Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Do you want to hear about the letters this week? Yes. This is like that old DJ, the hairy monster, and he had that section. Oh, a really sad story. Oh, do you remember the hairy monster? No. Before my time. I just want to say, I mean, it's been a really hard, hard week um, since losing Charlie. It has. Tom Cruise has, has cheered me up a bit. Did um, Tom Cruise contact you? He hasn't yet. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for Tom Cruise to contact me. But I have been literally overwhelmed and I'm so grateful because I've had so many emails, so many DMs on Twitter, literally so many messages of people um contacting me about losing Charlie and I'm I'm honestly so grateful and I've I've just pulled a few out for today um and and all these animal lovers they're all they all know what it's like they all feel for you because they dread losing their animals or they've lost their animals and they know your family they're just their family it's not like family yeah you're not you're losing your dog in inverted commas you're losing a member of your family, you're losing someone that means so much to you. Night. You didn't argue yeah. and you didn't tell them off for moving. No, exactly. And who, it's just completely unconditional love. And I literally was overwhelmed with people bothering to contact me about it. I really was. So we've got Audrey who sent me an email and she said, Hi Nicola, having listened to the latest podcast, I just want to say how sorry I'm about the loss of your beloved dog, Charlie. My heart was breaking when you were telling us about his last few hours and I can't imagine the agony you're going through. And I just wanted to say you're in my thoughts at this really sad time. My husband and I have a cat who we both absolutely adore. He's getting on in years and neither of us can imagine a world without him. We know it's coming, but try so hard not to think of it. Sending you love and huge hugs. My heart goes out to you, Audrey. I mean, isn't that lovely? Yeah. But again, it's people know because they love their animals. They know what you're going through. And I know in the past we've gone on about all the trolls and being horrible, but there are lovely, lovely people out there. No, lovely. I didn't expect, I didn't honestly expect that I would have so many people contact me. I literally, honestly was overwhelmed. I had Captain Redhead on Twitter DM me and say, I've just been listening to your podcast and your description of saying goodbye to Charlie had me tearing up. Making the decision to say goodbye is so hard. You feel such a terrible person. I'm glad she just lost her cat as well, who was also called Charlie. So she says, glad both our Charlie boys can run free without pain. My Charlie was an amazing cat, easygoing and affectionate. So, you know, when you're going through this, there's so many other people going through it at the same time. And Pauline said, again on Twitter, so very sorry. I listened in the bath and cried for you. So hard when I've been the centre of your world for so long and you were such a devoted nurse and mum at the end. I've been there many times too and you're in my thoughts and Charlie too running free with his mate. And I do believe that. I believe he's there with Zach and he's having a lovely time. And I'm actually going to take Zach and Charlie. I've still got Zach's ashes and I'm going to take Zach and Charlie to the beach this weekend. Do you have time? I'm going to make time. I'm going to take them to the beach this week and put them on the beach together because they love the beach. Charlie would always, I'd go to Redcar and Charlie would instantly, he got the opportunity, I took my eyes off him, run up to the caravan site up the cliff 
and disappear up there. So I have many memories of Martin then running up the ca- up the cliff to the caravan. He can like, run, re- can he? Martin can, and he would run up to retrieve Charlie. So I've got lots and lots of happy memories there. So I'm going to take them there, and we're going to, you know, take some gin and tonic and flowers and put the boys on the beach so they're together. And I just want to finish off, Leslie Jeffries, lovely lady, has really kindly written a poem in memory of Charlie. So I'm just going to read that. And she said, if I could hear you bark again and see you wag your tail, have you snuggled close to me, but it can be to no avail. I knew that you were growing old and the time was drawing near. You would have to leave and the thought now brings a tear. Now and again when I'm alone, although for certain I'm not sure, I think perhaps I've seen you, heard you pad across the floor. But you left your heart with me. I will not forget how dear. A faithful, loving friend you were. I wish you were still here. But there will come a day when I call your name. Upbounding you will come, pleased to see me once again. And the dog I love so dearly will be at my side forever. Leading hands as the sun sets, we will walk once more together. So thank you, Leslie. That's lovely. Well done, Leslie. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.